I stopped chasing doctors when I met Dr. Kylie Cosette. Picture this. The next time your doctor gets your labs done and tells you they're normal, you can smile and say thank you, then take them home and read those normal labs yourself. You won't have to depend upon someone else again. I'm going to teach you exactly how I read them in a very simple way so that no medical training and even the worst brain fog, you can combat all these. You don't need them. Where can you get this life-changing education? The private podcast inside Healing Beyond the Diagnosis membership. It's happening this fall. And if you want to transform your normal labs into answers, healing, and hope without depending upon anybody else, come join the tribe and get access to this private podcast. I also want to invite you to join the six-week free to heal program that's right for you. We begin October 4th. You can learn more about the program and the membership at drkylieburton.com. Let's start celebrating your success next. Hey, practitioners, health coaches, docs, everybody who finds themselves in shoes like mine, the doors of opportunity are open again. Go check it out. We did some major upgrades and listen to your feedback inside the mastermind. Doors will open all of October and close November 1st at noon Mountain Standard Time. Come join us, btdmastermind.com. Remember, as my friend Chip Gaines says, your purpose is just like mine. It's big and it's important. And there's no one else anywhere on the planet who can fulfill it. So quit messing around and go get them. Let's do this together. I'll see you on the inside. Remember, the doors of opportunity are open right now. What can change in your life, in your future, and in your patients' lives? Let's do this together. btdmastermind.com. All right, let's dive in. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie, where I don't care what your diagnosis is or if you don't even have one. I'm going to teach you how to find what's causing your symptoms. And today we're going to talk about the skin, symptoms of the skin. We are here with remarkable Heidi Cooper. She is a licensed esthetician and functional medicine practitioner. You can find more on her website at skinsideoutskincare.com. Again, that's skinsideoutskincare.com or follow her on Instagram at skinsideout underscore Heidi Cooper. All of that will be in the show notes. But we're going to talk about three things today in specific regards to the skin, toxicity, hormones, and diet. All right, Heidi, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me here, Kylie. I'm super excited to share some information with your audience today. I'm excited to learn about the skin because so many people get these diagnoses and it doesn't really change. Psoriasis, I mean, you, you could name a lot more than I could, but let's talk about the underlying causes of these skin issues. And first off, walk us through where you started in practice 25-ish years ago and how you've ended up to where you are today. That's a great question. Thank you. So I started with the, down the skincare path with my own skincare problems. As you know, many of us in this area of functional medicine, it's a pain to purpose story. And so I had skin problems as a teenager, went the conventional, you know, dermatologist routes and just really ended up with a whole lot more problems than I started out with actually. So was introduced to more natural skincare with an esthetician that had just moved here from overseas. And she, you know, worked with 
repairing the structure of the skin, worked with some dietary tweaks. And mind you, I'm 46 now. This was a long time ago. And that really made some significant changes in just a couple of months. And so it got me down that path. And she was my mentor, you know, moving right along like for several years as I went into the skincare business. But interestingly, those those ways of treating the skin just stopped really being effective, I would say probably close to 15 years ago. You know, the diet alone was not shifting things anymore. And that's really what got me down this functional medicine path is looking at my clients and knowing that there were hormonal issues or something going on and they would go to their doctors and come back and say, they said, my lab work is fine. Everything's great. And I knew something was not right. So that's what got me furthering my education into functional medicine and really digging a little bit deeper and really understanding there's a lot of hormonal issues, toxicity issues that standard of care is just not designed to look at. So that's kind of how, how we got here. (laughs) It's always, you see this, it's always like, try this topical cream and apply it over there. And it drives me crazy when you hear the commercials with Humira and and psoriasis and just is like, do you really want to take an injection every week for the rest of your life to quote, manage your skin appearances? And, you know, they have the women showing off their skin because now it's clear, (laughs) like, really? So there's a whole other autoimmune side to the skin issue too, when it comes to like, the psoriasis. And, and I know my little girl, we were talking about this before she just turned one. We've had skin issues with her, her whole life. And yes, we live in desert Utah, particularly drier than dry right now. We're in a really bad drought. The moisture in the air has definitely played a role in her, in her dryness, but she's got these eczema patches as well. And I've tried oils. I've tried lotions. I've tried all sorts of things. And and, I, and, you know, I've got access to the best stuff, just like you. I'm putting the derma colonizer on it. I'm putting the renovator on it. I'm putting vitamin D on it. Really cleared up was I just quit breastfeeding. And it's not perfectly clear, but it's it's about there where we just have a couple of patches specifically left and the itching has gone away. And I was trying to eliminate the foods. And, and we were talking about this earlier where so many people want to blame the food. And there's a lot more yeah. to our skin than just the food that we're eating. So let's dive into a topic here. Let's how in the world does toxicity relate to our skin? Well, it, you know, it's really interesting going back to like many years ago when I started really noticing these changes with clients' skins and it was a lot of hormonal stuff, just a lot of people coming to me younger and younger with a lot of these issues and I started to try to connect the dots like what is different? You know, what is different now, you know, and this mind you this is 15 years ago that wasn't happening 10 years ago when I was, you know, working with people. And I knew that the stress level was different, but I really think that the there's such a huge toxicity element really now understanding that that's really the root of why some of these issues are really manifesting for people. And as you know, the skin is just a, a physical representation of an internal issue, right? And so you know, when you have all of this interference internally, the body can't manage things properly. You know, you get autoimmune expression through, you know, like you mentioned, the psoriasis and in different avenues, the body's trying to manage some of what's going on internally. So I think there are so many things that are allowed in our environment that should not be, you know, that aren't allowed in other countries that are really creating a lot of problems for people's health and in turn their skin. When we talk about toxicity, it's, it's impossible to put yourself in a purely clean environment. 
I always say we live in 21st century America or wherever we are in the world. That's the way it is. It's our environment. But if you can start looking at the most commonly used items that you use in your house, shampoos, yeah. conditioners, lotions, oils in your that you're cooking with, like those type of things, just to reduce your toxic load. If you were to provide uh, just a couple tips on how to reduce our toxic load, what would you recommend? I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. A lot of personal care items or even cleaning products, unfortunately, are, are a great source for toxicity these days. And it's a bummer that you have to do so much homework to figure out what better options are. I know it's not perfect, but the EWG Environmental Working Group has a site that I feel like can be helpful, a helpful guide maybe with some of the ingredients and explaining what some of the things are maybe in personal care items or home care products, even, you know, this, like even what you're cooking in, you know, like, a, like if you're cooking with nonstick cookware, you know, you're, you've got those PFOAs that can be really a problematic, uh, the Teflon. EWG website. I don't even know it. I believe it's EWG.org. I'm pretty sure is what it is. And it's not perfect. I've seen some things on there that I feel like they they promote some products and I, you know, that's never favorable. But if you look at ingredients specifically, it'll kind of break down like what some of the ingredients are, maybe either in personal care items or food items, or um, there's just a number of different or like cleaning products, all of that. They have those items, they have products listed there, but they have ingredients as well. So that could be a helpful resource in that regard, I believe. Do you find just thinking here of, of teenagers? and acne. Do you find that toxicity is a big, big part of that age group with acne specifically? Yeah, it can be. Absolutely. You know, as I know people think about it being primarily hormonal, but you know, this, as that body is developing, some of that bone is changing, obviously, as they're growing and there is the ability basically for the body to be releasing toxins that are stored in the bone as they grow. So I think we kind of see you know, and a lot of times you have that piece of it, you have the hormonal shifts that burdening the liver and it's kind of the perfect storm, you know, yeah. for some of those breakouts for those kids. Sometimes those, those dang hormones, they're right. just think about it. You know, they're massively fluctuating, which is also what happens in the first trimester of pregnancy with, with the nausea yes. and the morning sickness. If I could find a cure for myself, I would be a multimillionaire. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the acne is a big detox issue. And yeah. when, we, when I think about skin, you're the same way. The skin is just portraying what's happening on the inside. Yeah. Because the organs on the inside aren't able to handle it all. So it's yes. the skin is a, the biggest detox organ that we have. Absolutely. And going back to the toxicity in the environment, these poor kids, teenagers now are being exposed to so much more, even than when I was a teenager, because you have the environmental component. Now you have these hormones shifting. It's just a lot for that liver to deal with. Um, it ends up creating gut issues a lot of times for these kids too. And then to your point, where does it go? I mean, the skin's largest organ in the body and one of, one of our elimination organs. So. Yeah. And I was talking with another individual in an earlier episode outside of the recording of the episode, but he was saying how the schools, they're not getting the maintenance that they need. And so you've got the mold exposure happening mm -hmm. in the schools and you're yeah. wondering, you know, teenagers have major, major anxiety and depression. And yet they spend all these hours all day long, five days a week inside these school buildings, kids with ADHD and ADD in elementaries that aren't being upkept. Like it's literally 
exhausting, overwhelming, yeah. but just do our best and focus on what we can control as moms. I know when yeah. I was talking to him, it was like, I'm sending my kid to kindergarten next year. And I know that not only with the social exposure, but you've got all these environmental exposures that I'm just going to have to make sure that what's inside my house and my yeah. own environment is clean. You're so right. Mold can be such an issue too, that I think a lot of people underestimate how problematic it can be. And as you know, like you can have a mold situation going on and really have no visible signs of it, you know, growing anywhere. And so I think a lot of times people don't connect the dots. And then also, particularly if you've got mold in your home, that's a huge undertaking, right? To, to remediate. And, but sometimes that's really what's necessary for somebody if there's some real issues there. Or, or simply moving. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I've known several people who just move homes because they, their home is making yeah. them so sick. It's not worth it. And I've right. got a couple more people who I need to urge, but I can't. <laughs> right. <laughs> their money is their, their call. Yeah. Our good old health. You know, there's so many factors. So toxicity yes. is the first factor. How does hormones play a role in our skin? From my perspective, I feel like there's such a tie in with the hormones and the toxicity. So I'm sure you've probably seen that study that was done on the atronzine that's sprayed on corn and it's basically in our water supply, you know? And so there was a study done that in the areas where it, that's been dumped into the rivers and streams, the fish and frogs, they're actually changing sex from male to female. What? <laughs> yeah. I can send you the study. It's in that ebook that I was talking about earlier. Okay, so yeah. pause this ebook, ladies if you, and gentlemen. If you're interested in learning more about the study, if it's in the ebook, you can find her "Healthy Hormones, Happy Skin" free ebook inside her website at skinsideoutskincare.com. Yeah, just crazy to think if it's doing that in nature, right? And that's in our water supply. It most certainly is impacting our hormones as well. And there's a number of other things too, as you know, like the BPA in plastics, you know, can be an endocrine disruptor. There's a lot of these environmental factors that are creating these hormone shifts. And so there's where there's kind of a tie-in with the toxicity and hormones kind of intertwining and really being a problematic. So as you know, in this day and age, people are looking for a lot of hormone solutions with bioidentical hormones and whatever else they're using, but that can be fueled to a fire, right? If we're not really addressing why those hormone imbalances are there in the first place, which many times often is actually the toxicity component. Do you have specific hormone patterns that you find with skin issues? Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of estrogen dominance these days. And so you know, estrogen dominance, as I'm sure you're familiar with, it's a situation where estrogen is higher than progesterone. You could actually have low estrogen, just lower progesterone. It's the ratio. They really should oppose each other nicely and be in balance. And I think going back to some of these environmental factors, creating a lot of this estrogen dominance, I see that a lot because you can even have something like PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome which we know there's um, an insulin component to that, but that also can kind of tie into some of the estrogen dominance and toxicity as well. I see a lot of people with estrogen dominance symptoms like heavy, painful periods, Yeah, but they get diagnosed with PCOS too. And typically it's PCOS first yeah. and then maybe endometriosis, but yet they still have the symptoms. So you can get the skin issues as well with that. When it yeah. comes to high estrogen levels, what are we looking for? How do we help lower those? 
You know, that's something that I do like to look at lab work for just to kind of confirm that that's what's going on with somebody. And um, as you know, there's some really great tools like the Femicron from Systemic Formulas is a great tool to kind of help the body process some of those bad estrogens or, or break them down. And I feel like that's a great tool to work with until we can really work on that toxicity component a little bit. That's a little bit more of a long-term approach that you're having to look at with that. But there are some other tools that you can work with once you see that on lab work. And to your point, there's a lot of symptoms that go along with that, that I look at clients sometimes and I'm like, we, I don't know. I mean, we should do the lab work for them to see the difference, but sometimes you don't even need to. Those symptoms scream estrogen dominance, right? Yeah. (laughs) Save the money and just treat it when it's that obvious. Yeah. Speaking of Femicrin, that's a great supplement you can order. Then yes. the other ones I like to use for skin and detox issues are LS and bind. So if you've got a teenager fighting acne, just throw on some LS and bind into his daily regimen or her daily regimen and just watch as the skin takes care of itself because the inside organs now have more ability to do their job. Femicrin yes. is one that I love to use for just hormone balancing in general in females. Yeah. And then you can combine that with sinulin for blood sugar balancing. And that's a pretty powerful combination for PCOS, but for just hormone chaos in general. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Yes, there's some great tools there, aren't there? (laughs) Yes. Okay, so we've got toxicity, we've got hormones, diet. Everybody likes to blame their food. Is it always the food? So this is how I explain the diet to my clients. When If they come in and they just have a terrible diet, which sometimes happens with teenagers, right? I do explain that I believe that there are some things that create inflammation in the body that aren't helping your situation. So I have observed that dairy, gluten, and sugar can be very inflammatory and certainly don't help our skin situation. However, um, it's a piece of the puzzle. So you'll never get resolution without changing the diet, but the diet alone will never create full resolution. So I think there's a lot of information circulating online about specific diets and people get super restrictive with a lot of these things. And it's just not sustainable one. Right. And then two, you really have to look at why is that happening in the first place? Of course, I'm never going to encourage anybody to go out and be eating processed garbage food, but it should be something if they have, if they veer off of their diet, that the body just doesn't completely rebel. You know, I think there's a real problem if they're having to be so restrictive all the time. And I feel like that in and of itself can be really a stressor on the body and in turn create problems for the skin. Um, I think it is important to, to work with more of a whole foods diet. And like I shared, there are some things, and we've even talked about this before too, like even some of the oils that you can cook with that are very inflammatory too. You want to be using, you know, everybody eating uh, more full, more whole food items in a, in a cleaner diet, but that's that by itself will never get full resolution by any means. Yeah, I'm right there with you. One of the reasons why I love this podcast and why so many people do love it is because I don't just we don't just harp on food. And when I bring guests on, I specifically tell them like this isn't just about eliminating diets. Right. And I've had recordings that I've done interviews with that they just helped their fibromyalgia with food alone. And, it, and it's like, right. I have to bite my lips so hard to not keep, you know, taking over the interview and teaching, yeah. but can more, yeah. there's more to be done than just, just the dietary changes. Are they important? Yes. Yeah. But they're not the end all. Like I always say diet's a great place to start. It's not a great place to end. 
that's so true. And I think that a lot of people get really hung up on like keto or vegan or paleo or, and they get so restrictive in these different ideologies about where they, you know, who that, how they identify their eating patterns and that I think there's a real danger in that too, right? Like that can, I don't think that's healthy necessarily. Yeah. They have actually named a term for it. Orthorexia. Yeah. Just like bulimia and anorexia only it's, you're so strict on and so cautious about being healthy that the food you require yourself to eat impacts your social life. There's oh, a yeah. term I mean, for it now. Absolutely. And something that I really try to get my clients to do too is to make the connection to what they're eating and what they're seeing as far as symptoms may go as well. Um, as you know, like a food sensitivity, for instance, it may take up to 72 hours for the body to have that response. So they may not always make that connection that like, oh, I ate this and, you know, a few days later, my skin acted up or what, you know, whatever the, the symptom may be. So I feel like that's really helpful too. The more connected a client or a person can be to what they're consuming, I think is really huge too, because on the flip side, you can have people promoting all of these quote unquote superfoods, but if your body's not doing well with that, whatever the superfood may be, you don't, you shouldn't necessarily be trying to eat more of that because it's being promoted everywhere as a superfood. Does that make sense? Yeah. Specifically, there's a lady that I often see on national TV. She always says that, you know, I, I cured my boyfriend's cancer with these superfoods and now she puts them in formulas and sells them. Right. 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 And it's the same concept. Yes, your body can utilize it, but there's so much more to our health than what goes in our mouth. Yes, absolutely. When it comes to skin issues, if we were to just say what's a big, I guess you already mentioned it, but the skin food culprits. Yeah, I would say I, I mean, and it can be different for different people. This is, this goes back to where I really try to teach my clients to either food log for a little bit, just to kind of see if they're making a connection with something. It's really been my um, experience though, that, that gluten and grain sometimes um, because of the potential mycotoxins there, dairy and sugar really can create a lot of inflammation. So, I mean, I've seen other things like nuts be problem for people too, but this just kind of goes back to like what's going on with the individual and them making that connection. But in general, I don't think gluten is probably great for people or sugar or certainly conventional dairy is probably great for anybody. So I, I feel I feel pretty safe in in suggesting staying away from, from those is probably not going to do anything harmful for you. <laughs> yeah. I know when I first heard dairy is, you know, a culprit, I was like, hmm, my family's dairy farmers. That's like blasphemy at my house. But now oh, I no. found I went yeah. dairy free after major hormone acne, basically. Like every time my mm-hmm. period would come, acne yeah. would pop up. I'd be like, and it was like disgusting acne too. And yeah. I was working with a chiropractor at the time. I was actually his assistant. That's where I got introduced to all this this functional medicine stuff. But he was like, you should go dairy free. And in my head, I'm thinking, um, <laughs> how does that have anything to do with my skin. Right. And dairy has all these good things like calcium in it. And yeah, that bachelor's degree got thrown out the window because (laughs) now I know a lot more about food and the real part of food that we're not taught. 
not going to go right. preach the food pyramid on the food plate, right? Absolutely. And something that I'll do if if people really like their dairy, and this might be blasphemy to your family, you and your family too, but I will recommend like goat dairy is an alternative. It's typically doesn't cause a lot of the issues that cow's dairy does for people. It's cow dairy has the the a the a one protein and the a two in goat dairy is a little bit easier to digest and process. I think a so lot it of it has to do with the processing of dairy, though, because I know when you it, eat when you drink raw dairy, raw milk, which we yeah. used to do on my grandparents' farm until my grandma got paranoid about germs and things like that. It had to yeah. be pasteurized after that. The processing is what damages it. Yeah, I think there's a lot to that. So interesting that you say that. My I had a my dad's uncle was actually a dairy farmer. So when I was a kid, um, we we also drank raw dairy forever um, until my mom took us to our pediatrician one day, and I guess she mentioned that we were drinking raw dairy in passing, and he about fell over. <laughs> and so from then on, also like we had had to have the pasteurized stuff yeah. too, which. It just makes you think like we probably would have been much better off, huh? Like sticking with the the raw dairy. <laughs> yeah. Now it's in, pr- practically impossible to find. Yeah. And the same thing with the gluten hundred years ago, yeah. you would be just fine. But with all the changes in the processing and yeah. the, the way it's grown and it's just not become our friend anymore. No, I mean, Depending I, you know, where you are in the world, Europe is better than America. Yeah. And- yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to go to France and I'm going to eat as many pastries as I want. (laughs) There you go. There you go. I know. I mean, I, I ate dairy by, or gluten my whole life. And then I think probably in my mid thirties, it really started creating some issues for me. And it was interesting. I took it out as a little experiment. I don't even know that I was expecting much. And it was remarkable how many things shifted when I, once I took it out that I didn't even realize were being affected by having the gluten in the diet. So I think you're exactly right. I ate it my whole life and it wasn't a problem. So I think there's something that's being done to it. That's really um, making it much more inflammatory and problematic than it once was. Yeah. I like to refer to it as like a a cup. And when you fill up your cup, you're just going to keep adding things into your cup to eventually at some point it's going to spill over. And whether that looks like the onset of a diagnosis or the onset of acne or, or whatever, whatever the symptom symptoms up here. It's just ultimately stressors, 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 whatever those stressors are, external, internal, and to the point where it overflows and you got symptoms slash diagnosis or lack of diagnosis or whatever it is. It's all about filling up your cup. So if you can take those actions to decrease your detox load or your toxic load, I should say, and help out, help balance out the hormones with simple things like femicrine and sinulin, LS and bind, and then take care of the diet that needs to be taken care of. I mean, you're, you're setting yourself up for success. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. Actually, Heidi, before we close up here, give me your miracle story. Well, I would say I've had many that are the same story. So this is my favorite thing about what I get to do is that people come to me for skin stuff, you know, like, oh, I've got acne or I've got, you know, whatever going on. And they have no idea like that a lot of other things that are going on with them are connected to that as well. So a lot of times they're coming to me looking for like a topical solution because that's what society tells us is going to fix that. Right. And of course, what I'm always trying to do is do things that are reparative for the structure of the skin to create an unfavorable environment for some of those things to be there. But 
as you know, like the, there's a root cause as to why that's happening. So I do a lot of things with hormones and skin stuff. And it ends up being acne a lot of times because women are coming to me for this stuff because there is so much of it this, these days because of what's going on environmentally for the skin stuff. And they have no idea that the fact that they can't sleep at night and they're exhausted all the time and um, weird period cycles and everything else are connected to the same thing that's causing their skin issues. So I would say that that's really, I, I see that often. And that's really my favorite thing is to get them feeling better and just thriving. And really they just wanted their skin to look better. So I have a lot of those and that's, that's fun for me to watch that shift happen with people. Once we look at that lab work and we really unpack what's going on and why that's going on. And then they really are on a different trajectory that's creating an unfavorable environment for other autoimmune things and cancers and stuff like that, that they may have been going down that path had they not come in for their skin. Yeah. So the physical outward appearance for them was enough to kick them in the pants and get yes. them going on. They're real yes. underlying health issues. Yes. Cool. All right. Last tidbit of clinical pearls. Well, you know, as you know, that you can have perfect looking lab work that really is not so perfect. So I think that if you, if someone has been told that their lab work is great, their doctors told them that it's fine there, but they're experiencing symptoms. There's a whole lot more, there can be a whole lot more to this story. So I would encourage people if they've got some of these symptoms going on and they've had lab work done at their doctor's office or their medical practitioner, and they've been told everything's okay, but they're still suffering from these symptoms to really find a practitioner that can help them unpack that. Because you and I both know there's so much more to that story, even on basic lab work, like a CBC or CMP that gets done, just the standard of care doesn't look at the same way that functional medicine does. And then even functional medicine still make sure they're trained. And if I'm training them, yes. that's okay. I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. right. Thanks Heidi for joining us. Definitely check out her website, skinsideoutskincare.com. Join her on Instagram, skinsideout underscore Heidi Cooper. All of those will be in the show notes. So be sure don't just blame your skin, figure out what's causing it from the inside and treat it from the inside out. Thanks so much, Kylie. I really appreciate it. I hope you learned as much as I did from that discussion. Now, I'm in need of your help. I'm writing a book because of overwhelming requests. I'll be teaching you how to transform those normal labs into answers, healing, and hope. Whether you're a practitioner or you're trying to take charge of your own health, what questions do you have about blood work and labs? I'd love to answer those questions inside the book. To submit your questions for a chance to be answered within those pages, text 855-499-2555. Again, that's 855-499-2555. Then stay tuned. You just might have a special place inside the Q&A at the end of each chapter. Come join the membership. You not only get access to me on live calls, but you also get the answers to questions just like yours on my private podcast. This level of attention and help is only available inside my membership. So stop relying on late night Google searches and start getting the answers and relief you desire. I can't wait to welcome you in. 
I would also love to welcome you into the six-week Free to Heal program that's the right fit for you. We begin October 4th. Learn more about the program and the membership by going to drkylieburton.com. See you on the inside.